Welcome to the SQV Podcast. I'm your host, Christopher Lawrence. I'm very excited and honored to be joined today by my guest, Steve Cunningham. If you are a traditional-minded Catholic who has spent any time at all on the internet attempting to learn about our faith, then you have no doubt benefited from Steve's work. Steve is the founder of the Census Fidelium YouTube channel and website, and I'm glad to welcome him to the show today. Steve, thanks for coming on. Well, no, I appreciate it. Thank you for having me, man. So the first thing I want to ask you is, I think when I listen to you talk on some of the videos, I detect a hint of a Southern accent. Am I right? <laughs> well, I can count on one hand how many people have uh, told me uh, you have a Southern twang, mostly in Colorado. Uh, no, but yeah, I live in the South. I grew up, grew up born in Florida, grew up in uh, Cowpen, South Carolina. But uh, I tried a little bit when I was in Denver, I tried to do a little bit more uh, influence on the uh, Southern twang when I drove people. But uh, no, nah, usually I get Boston, Jersey, or uh, uh, New York, but uh, I've only been to one of those places. <laughs> really? Because, uh, yeah, I grew up in New York, and, and I've been living in Texas, and I've got a, a Texas girl for a wife, and so I pick up a little more on the Southern accents these days. I'm, I'm trying to fully lose my New York one, but once in a while, a real a real Southerner will say, oh, I detect a little bit of a Yankee accent, and I'm like, oh, man. Well, if you were, you would definitely call, you know what, on me for not being there, but uh, no, yeah, when I'm down here, I get called Yankee all the time. When I go up north, I get called Redneck, uh, so I say <laughs> yeah. I'm Cuban. I was born in Florida, so nobody likes me. <laughs> That's it. That's funny. So, Steve, I wanted to ask you, as I said in my intro, I feel like Anyone that's a, that's a traditional or traditional-minded or traditional-leaning Catholic that's been on the Internet for five minutes, I would almost guarantee has benefited from your work, from the Census Fidelium YouTube channel. Can you just tell me, how did you start that? What was the genesis of that idea? What compelled you to want to start putting these these excellent homilies up on the Internet? Uh, well, the first time I saw them were uh, I was uh, going through – kind of like a reversion myself and I was working, it was in Columbia, South Carolina, working at AT&T sales and uh, trying to sell the phone book, which if anybody knows what a phone book looks like, probably they don't, especially if they're under the age of 30. Uh, it's, that was the hardest sell I've ever had to do in my life. So I would go home and work out and I would just, cause I wasn't making any money selling the phone book. <laughs> I just work out in the living room <laughs> and, uh, I would, instead of uh, listening uh, like I used to, like Metallica and things like that when I was working out, I would turn on sermons. And I heard, I saw on YouTube, stumbled on it, you know, like Dr. Thomas Woods, his uh, stuff on DWTN, on uh, how the church, how the Catholic Church started Western, built Western civilization. And then uh, saw the couple sermons that were on there and going, wow, these are interesting. interesting. Was, and it was about six or seven at the time. And Kind of blew me away. So I was, you know, working out and listening and watching those. And down the road, probably about two, three years later is when uh, Greater Glory, the movie was, eh, yeah, about two years later, the movie Greater Glory was coming out. And being, I joined the Knights after I came back in fully. And uh, uh, they were they were promoting, they were basically the ones marketing uh, the movie. And we went in, my brother and I, and another friend of mine who recently died a couple months ago. And we were the only ones under the age of 150 years old. There were seven <laughs> people there in the theater going, that's it? Seven? And those guys 
pride were fighting in it. Uh, <laughs> so uh, that it irritated me that nobody really did a good job advertising for it. And I remember there was a 35-minute sermon uh, on the topic of it, and I was sitting at home going, okay, there was these sermons I remember seeing back in the day. How did, how, how did that happen? How did you do that? Looking online, how do you make videos, blah, blah, blah. Took about, I, I joke saying six beers and six hours later, <laughs> I finally figured it out and did a terrible job. I didn't know what uh, JPEGs, I still really don't know. what. If you put a gun on my head, I couldn't tell you what it is. But I didn't know what <laughs> pixels were and uh, you know size of the photo and everything was just blurry. And I'm thinking, all right, these, it was Microsoft Movie Maker, which I still use to this day. And people laugh about it. I remember I was at a friend's of mine's place uh, when we were moving back from Denver back to the Carolinas, and they were asked, "What what do you use? Do you use Bliss? This?" They're thinking I'm using this high tech stuff from uh, Microsoft Movie Maker. You, know, you <laughs> lie. <laughs> no, I will literally go to. I will try to find the old version of it because I'm familiar with it, and that's the only one I'll use when I put something together. It's free. It's easy. It's, you know, it's for me. It's I'm not a techie, so. Uh, for me to come up with something like this, yeah, the show it's heavily inspired because I'm not a tech guy. And uh, yeah, it took me, I'm thinking, all right, five seconds per video, uh, for per uh, photo. I'm going, how many photos does that take for a 35 minute sermon? And uh, so, like I said, it took, me, it took me a long time to get that first one out. And then uh, after that, uh, I started, I, hear, I kept listening and I heard these other ones. I'm going, all right, well, if I learn something, which I pretty much have for every 4,000, whatever they are out there that I heard, uh, if, I heard if I learn something, then probably somebody else will learn something out of it. I'll just go ahead and put it up, and that will be that will be the thing. And, yeah, and long story short, was it seven years later, and pretty much average a video or two a day. Uh, now I could probably – usually on Monday mornings I – try to pump out a crack out uh, four or five in the morning before I go into work. So I can get, I'm pretty quick at it now, but then it would take me maybe an hour or two to do a 10 to 20 minute sermon, whatever it was when I was during Lent and uh, Padres would come out with their Lenin lectures. I'm going, Oh no, this is going to take forever. <laughs> take all day. Uh, I can place that pump them out pretty quick. Now I know where all the photos are. I got them all in files. Uh, so yeah, if anybody actually wants to be in a in a in a uh, sermon, just uh, take a photo of yourself in a good background, usually like praying in a nice, beautiful church, and uh, I'll throw you in there for baptisms, <laughs> things like that. <laughs> right? Yeah, you can always use those. Yeah, kind of stock, yeah stock photo the, looking things. The same thing over and over. And going, eh, here's that lady looking upset. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've come to recognize a lot of them in, <laughs> in the videos myself. Yeah, your 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 output with the website with the youtube channel is tremendous i mean it really is it's um you put out so much content um are you a cradle catholic yeah i was was born my mom's a cradle herself and she kept us in so yeah we were born we were you know right from cradle to so far still in just went really you know cart we were one the uh how would you say like a uh uh punch a time card type you know go in for you know confession and not really know what we were even doing and you know i would go to mass dressed like a bum basically and mm. uh i was one of those guys yeah was there any time um that you spent in the novus order or were you always a a traditional catholic 
Oh, I never heard of tradition. I didn't know that what that was. 2011? My brother texted me up, said, uh, hey, uh, he's now a priest. He was he was, in, he was just getting into the seminary. He texted me up, said, yeah, we're having a traditional land mass in, uh, at St. Paul's this Saturday for uh, uh, doing a St. Joseph retreat. And we're going, okay, cool, no problem. Back in my mind, I'm going, okay, well, I guess it's just what I see regular and just in Latin. So I bought a... A uh, little, uh, what do you call it, like a missile from uh, Amazon, just one of those book, those books. I still got it. It's it's not that great <laughs> now, but uh, I remember just skimming, skimming, through, looking through it, going, all right, well, let me, I got it. You know, there was early, and you respond back, so I'm thinking that's what we got to do. So I'm looking <laughs> at it and trying to figure out what's going on. Okay, okay, well, I got it. So literally, my when the, when I first saw it, my first traditional mass was in a gym. Uh, in a gym, <laughs> mass was on a stage, nothing around. So I'm thinking, man, this is if this is that beautiful now, imagine what it looks like in an actual church. Uh, <laughs> but my brother looks at me and goes, wow, you weren't lost. That's amazing. I go, we, I was cramming, I was cramming for this, trying to figure out what was going on beforehand. So, <laughs> um, yeah, I, I knew what I, I knew what was. I, I didn't get lost. Let's just say that. But that was the first time. Uh, I received kneeling and on the tongue too. It, uh, I was, wow. yeah, from that, I didn't change from that day on. I, was, everything just made sense, if you want to say. So you were won over right away. That was it. In that instance, you were moved yeah. to. Yeah. Yeah, I kind of had a similar experience. I, you know, when I was growing up, all we knew was the Novus Ordo. I mean, we didn't know it was the Novus Ordo. It was church. Yeah. And we we would go on Sunday to church, and, and when I was a kid, I'd be bored out of my mind. Right. So. My father I was, was sleeping sometimes. Yeah, well, my father sang in the choir, so I got to at least sometimes go up into the choir loft, and I would have like um, I was big into comic books, so I'd have like um, they had trading cards back then of like X Men and all this stuff, yeah, yeah. Yeah. and I'd just be sitting up in the choir loft looking at my X Men trading cards. I had no idea what was going on in the mass because it was boring, you know. And and um, not that long after that, when I was in my twenties, I kind of spent time away from practicing the faith at all really because there was nothing compelling there to, to hold on to me you know i knew i believed in god i knew i was catholic but what any of that really meant i had no idea somewhere along the line my mother said to me hey i found a latin mass like i remember from when i was young i'm gonna go and check it out and you should come and check it out at some point too and i'm thinking well you know i don't know latin too now it was boring enough in english now <laughs> now i gotta listen to it in latin <laughs> But eventually I went and it just struck me like this was what I had been missing for all those years in the Novus Ordo Church. This is everything that was kind of stolen from us. It was it was the fullness of everything. It, it wasn't boring. It was compelling. There was there was peace that came over you when you're there. Everyone's devout. Everyone's devoted. It has all the, you know, the smells and bells, as they say. And that, and that was it. That was it for me, too. So, it, yeah, similar experience. Once you experience it. It, it hooks you. I mean, you realize that that's the way it's supposed to be. Yeah, I remember my first uh, Solomon High. It was Christmas, Midnight Mass, and a friend of mine asked, invited me to it, and it was in Tra- Taylor, South, South Carolina. I was living in Columbia, so that's a two-hour drive for Midnight Mass that I had to drive back for afterwards. I'm going, why, why would I do that, man? It was, it was literally the, pretty much the only one in the state at that time. And... Uh, I remember going and uh, it last. It felt. It, I think it went for about two and a half, 
two two hours forty five minutes. I felt like it went by in fifteen minutes, and you didn't want it at the end. I'm going, wow, that was that. Was, you talk about hooked after that. I was really hooked after that. Mm-hmm. But uh, no, yeah, I mean, it, was, it, was, it must be something about the manliness in it, and because uh, yeah, yeah, you were saying you were just sit there and play with your cards and all, and literally would just sit in, we'd sit in the back and. Uh, I'm thinking about you know the game that we're missing and you know why we have to go now because the game's going on right now and the only sermon I remember hearing his father saying something about Mike Ditka and I was thinking <laughs> literally it was the only one I ever remember from from father and one time I mean uh, for us uh, we had there's a historic church and then I, they were building a new one and we were in a gym for pretty much 18 years so people literally when they got the new church they had to teach people to kneel again that's how mm-hmm. far away that you know nobody was doing i mean you were the outsider if you were just kneeling cuz they put a little carpet thing in the gym and yeah it was just the opposite of what you would call beautiful and uh yeah no i remember serving mass a couple times and just you know you're not they just you know you were at this is the time when you would hold the book you were the holder you were the pulpit for father to read from and I mean, one time there was a guy we were I'll never forget it because I remember uh, I saw him a couple years ago and I remember like it was yesterday we were you know teenagers and standing up in the uh, we were in the choir where the choir would be but that's where they converted because they got rid of the choirs you could sit up there and we were just goofing off up there and this guy comes over with his, his family and just you know chastises us for talking you know saying I couldn't hear anything's going on thanks to you two and normally, you know, if you do that now, you probably get some, you know, punk to respond back yelling at the guy. But it embarrassed us. No, me. And uh, never, we never did it again. And uh, I don't think I ever told my mom or dad. I know my dad, no, no, he didn't tell mom about that. But I remember to this day him doing that. And every time if someone says anything during mass or if I have the uh, temptation of joking around or, you know, during it at that thought comes back in my mind every time so uh this one of those right. I, I i was my dad was a marine my dad my my coaches were tough uh, marine types they didn't take uh i mean coaches in every level uh they didn't take to you know pansying around and i mean i had two knee surgeries and get back into basketball and uh, uh coach scary run you know get, get out run i go i'm running it hurts like you know what right now it's but I, I didn't want anything to be soft. I remember Coach D, I mean, high school telling me, hey, it's 550 for a ticket. And I go, all right, well, it, well next time down the court, I drill a three from 30 feet away. So I got, I got, I got you. Uh, so, I mean, I, I always – we liked the, you know – I didn't mind the tough love. So right. today, you get you, you know, if like I said, if I'd probably do that to another kid. and I get yelled at by their parents. Yeah. There's something that's something that kind of um, it seems to me it permeates the whole of the Novus Ordo church that that lack of real masculinity manliness from the clergy all the way down to the attendees the lady it seems like there's a stark difference at least I notice anyway when I used yeah. to go to the Novus Ordo a lot of effeminacy a lot of softness right from the clergy on down and then when you go to you know of course it's not uniform but on a much larger scale when you go to the traditional masses. You have priests that are priests, and they're also men, you know, and and they they command respect just from their, you know, there's humility of course, but there's a there's the strength also, and then that resonates out to the lady too, to, to people that are much more willing to be actual fathers, 
rather than just, you know, buddies and pals with their kids, you know, we see a lot of and, and participation trophy dads and that kind of thing. Because it, it, you know, it comes from the leadership. We learn that stuff from, or we should be learning that stuff in part, at least from, from our clergy. Right. And the Novus Ordo Church, forget it. Oh yeah, I mean, I'm now in the diocese of Charlotte, and uh, I mean, even though that it's, you know, it's just like, well, I wouldn't say just like, the priests I know are, they're big fans of the traditional ways. I mean, the seminary does pre-55 Holy Week, and mm-hmm. they do three or four traditional masses a week. I mean, there isn't a seminary in the world that's doing that outside of fraternity and ICK, society, whatever. Uh, for a diocese to do that, that's different. And, you know, and, the, and the young priests, even though they do both, uh, they're like that. They uh, they get it. That's why I, I can tell when I'm, I remember my first uh, spiritual director, I was sitting there going, that guy, I heard a sermon and go, that guy gets it. Uh, which, you know, a couple, I remember, doing St. Paul street team things and asking a priest to bless rosaries. And he would say, why do you need a, why do they need conversion? Going, okay. Hmm. Here we go. Yeah. I hear <laughs> that a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I hear that a lot. Unfortunately, it's why, uh, you know, I, I think that's, that's partially one of the reasons why I think if I had to name favorite, you know, you hate to play favorites, but I've had to name some of my favorite priests who I've listened to tons of their homilies and talks, obviously on sense of medallion. They're ones that also embody that kind of that real strength. And, you know, it's Father Ripperger, obviously, and Father Relier, because they don't they don't cut corners. They don't pull punches. They give it to you straight. And that's it's lacking in so much of the church now. You're it's biased because you're a New Yorker and Father Isaac. You're, <laughs> so you you, you're sticking with the New Yorker guy. I mean. You got me. <laughs> you got me. Yeah, I, I definitely definitely recognize that attitude from uh, <laughs> growing up Italian in New York. That's for sure. But um, yeah, it, it resonates. You know, we want that, right? We want that leadership that we're not getting from, I mean, damn near the whole of the hierarchy, right? If not, you know, all the bishops and and a lot of the priests. But so when we hear it, it's like something kind of resonates in our hearts. Like, yeah, I will follow this man, you know, because he's not going to back down when adversity comes along. Right, Whereas right. a lot of a lot of the other ones. A lot of the Novus Ordo priests, it's not at all the case. I mean, they, they jumped at the chance to shut their churches down when when the phony virus came out. Yeah, I had a friend of mine actually said something that was pretty telling about that one was uh, a lot of the guys had to go through seminary kind of like with the head down type deal, try to get through just to get through. And now it's coming back to bite them as in they're still having their head down. Because they're just trying to get through this time and not try to cause any waves. Well, I mean, maybe you had to put your head down to get through that seminary, but this ain't the time to get your head down. Uh, it's, no. yeah, it's hard now that you've got that habit. Uh, it's hard to, but that's almost with all of them, everyone. I mean, yeah, it's frustrating. Uh, there's not too many good leaders. That's why I say the real pandemic is uh, bad leaders right now. That's right. Yeah, I think that's very true. So how did you how did you start to amass all these these homilies? I mean, were, were people sending them to you? Were the priests sending them to you? Um, were you finding out about good priests from from the laity and reaching out on of your own accord? How did this kind of process go come about? Well, at, per, at first it was uh, mostly off this one side, and many people probably remember uh, Audio Santo, and uh, we were I was I was using it from there, and uh, then. Uh, I was putting in video for them and they didn't really know how that was going to work and ended up working well as and people were really coming to the site. And 
then afterwards, the priest started mailing me them um, or you know, created their own sites or uh, uh, putting them up or just sending them messages or say, hey, Steve, I just got a new one up here. Do you want to put that together? Uh, I've even had priests contact me now and like on Facebook Messenger. They say, yeah, uh, you might be interested. I don't know if you like this or not. Check it out or or their priest or uh, lady, the lady of priest would send me them. I go, well, just ask them if they're okay with that. If they're okay with it, I'll, I'll at least listen to it and consider it. And uh, uh, and then obviously I, you know, vetted everyone. I mean, I, there isn't one up there that I haven't listened to, which people go, wow. I go, well, take, think about it. I have to put them together. So I had to listen to it while I'm putting it together. Mm-hmm. And then. Most of the time, I'm listening to it two or three times, just trying to get an idea of what I'm wanting to put in the in for the photo, and or uh, having to go scroll back, rewind, and do it again. But no, at first I was listening to it MP3 wise, and the car when I was uh, got a new thing. So if, uh, if I, I was doing assistant sales with a medical company at the time, so I would listen to it literally throughout the day, uh, and I was like, all right, let me remember that. I'll try to put that on the list to get to later, and. Uh, so yeah, it went, eventually it came from one website, and then it just flocked to we had now eight or nine now that the uh, sites that I'll at least look at, and then two or three that would directly email me or uh, yeah, so uh, all over. <laughs> right, and do you do you have priests that request to remain anonymous if you publish their homilies out of out of fear of some kind of backlash from a bishop or you know even from the laity in their in their parishes has that happened a lot it's, it's mostly just uh, they, they don't want to be celebrity uh even though most people know who they are by their voices uh they don't want to be celebrity style because uh, they, they've seen what the celebrity style has you know done to some people and you know you see how lady act uh, i joked with one friend of mine that the a priest friend of mine, we were at a uh, convention. I was selling his books, and so I'm like, "Hey, is he is he coming over to sign the books later?" And he never said, "Yeah." He never told me about that or not. But I said, "Yeah, just to just to you know, have some fun." With it. Oh yeah, yeah, he'll be here. Uh, he's supposed to speak around three. I don't know. And he'll be here afterwards. Sign all the all the stuff you want. And there was a line Whoa. all the way out the door. <laughs> and. I'm just smiling because I knew it made him uncomfortable. But <laughs> uh, it was just a good time. But people drove from let's see, we were in we were in uh, the West Side. Some people drove from Maine or Florida, thousands of miles, just to just to meet and meet and uh, you know, I, I've never uh, maybe it was me because we grew up. My dad took us to Braves games and cause it was the only team in town, and so we go down for the weekend and hang out at the hotel and get autographs. So, I mean, back in the 80s, you named name somebody from the Reds or St. Louis Cardinals. Uh, we met them and got photos with wow. them and autographs and hung out. Or I remember Tom Bernanski talked about the 87 World Series when he was with the Twins. And I'm eight, but I'm standing <laughs> next to a guy that just won the World Series. He's six seven. Wow. You know, shooting the breeze about the World Series. You know, hear it, listen to him about, tell the story about it. And, uh, we go to, you know, uh, when my mom's side of fan is Cincinnati, so we go to, we go up there for a few weeks when dad was on uh, long business trips, and I'd find out who's who's playing in town, figure out where the hotels were. Dad would help me out on that, and so like the Giants, San Francisco Giants, uh, 
uh, Expos, Padres, Phillies. So I mean, I would we would meet all these guys. So now when I, you know, it doesn't wow me, I guess. Uh, yeah. People even with like Uber. So, oh, I had John Elway in the car. I'm like, okay, cool. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> um, and, you know, and then people will tell me, you know, you talk to father. I'm like, yeah, yeah, it's cool. Yeah, he's just like a regular guy. Yeah, he's just. So, yeah, but and then seeing how people react is just, you know, I, I understand the not want to be a, you know, a, a celebrity style because, of, you know, of that. Right. So that's why they don't want their names up. Yeah. You know, and, and I see that good rapport you have, especially, you know, especially with Father Ripperger. I watched the um, well, we could talk about it on here because we can I don't really care. We could talk about anything. But I saw the video on the vaccines you did with Father Ripperger and Ryan Grant. Excellent video. And uh, you just make Father crack up every once in a while. You'll just say something. <laughs> Tell him a yeah. joke, like you know, like, like he's a normal guy, and he appreciates it. I, and I like that. I like seeing that that kind of back and forth. Like you know, he's a priest. We respect him. He's obviously a genius, knows the faith better than almost anybody. But he's also still just a guy that appreciates a joke, you know. Yeah, he still laugh. I mean, well, people would laugh at my brother and I. We were to take people to mass, and then invite them out to uh, beer and pizza afterwards. Protestants usually. Mm. Yeah, and I remember a friend of ours came up and goes, "Man, y'all some weird." That was his thing. Y'all some weird trads. He was <laughs> laughing and joking and cutting up, and I mean, not inside. After you know, it's, it's kind of like uh, they were people would make would make that about the altar boys. They were all serious, focused, but then after mass, they're climbing trees, throwing balls around, <laughs> running into each other, laughing, things like that. And we were like that. We go out and just you know, all right, we we'll have fun with it. Let's have some fun now. And uh, instead of some trads, uh, that's the problem is it's almost like uh, it's a sin to smile or joke. I mean, I yeah. That. yeah. Who wants to join? Yeah, I can't wait to join your group. You, you don't even like smiling. <laughs> I've noticed that same thing, Steve. It makes me crazy. I mean, when we, you know, we, we've taken a lot of road trips. The wife and I, we like to go on road trips. We just get in the car and, you know, of course, we got a baby on the way now, so that's not going to be happening so much, but – but um, well, praise God. But, we, yeah. you know, so we, we, we would we would visit a lot of these different parishes up and down the coast and wherever we were going. And um, more often than not, you know, the the trad parishes, the laity, they're like super stuffy. They're very, you know, and, and, and like you said, you know, it's one thing, of course, you want absolute reverence in the mass. But then afterwards, you know, we went to one and, and they had coffee and donuts after mass. And so my wife and I are thinking, oh, cool, you know, we'll meet some people, some like minded people. Go and have some free coffee, grab a donut, you know. So we go in the little <laughs> the little building, and we get our coffee, and we go, and we sit at a table, you know, and we're thinking, okay, you know, not only is this a traditional parish filled with good people, but, you know, we're in the South, so they're gonna they're bound to be friendly. We're just waiting. Sure enough, somebody will come up and talk to us and introduce themselves and ask us if we're new, and no, never happened. <laughs> in yeah. fact, we were sitting there like idiots for like a half an hour until finally the priest walked in. No one talked to him either. And he eventually came over, came over and sat with us. Yeah. It was it was it was very odd. They all kind of just were, you know, s- stiff and standing in their little cliques and would only talk to certain people they already knew. And it was very off-putting. Like, you know, obviously we go to mass for Christ for the sacrifice. We don't go there to socialize. Something else that's lost on the Novus Ordo because they seem to love chatting it up before and after. Yeah. yeah. But if but if you have a social event, right? You want people to be social. And because um, I always think now, since those experiences, I think, imagine if that was our first time trying out a Latin mass, the traditional oh, yeah. mass, yeah. and that was the experience that we had, we would have been turned off probably. Yeah. So uh, I try to encourage people, these traditionalists, like, 
you know, be warm, be people. Don't be don't be robots. Yeah, yeah Christ laughed. Christ must have danced and smiled at the wedding at Cana, right? I mean, he had the full range of emotions. He was a man. Got to be a YouTube video somewhere on it. I don't, I don't know. Somebody was there. Brian Williams was probably there. Yeah. <laughs> 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 if anybody remembers that joke, he was saying I was uh, he 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 was he said in a news thing I was there I can't remember what it was yeah yeah <laughs> he wasn't there <laughs> <laughs> yeah was he the one that also said uh he was in the helicopter taking rocket fire wasn't that him yeah, too yeah, yeah. <laughs> all made up all just made up not a surprise now since the media makes up everything um. No. But yeah, no, you gotta have joy, and uh, if you want to, I mean, we'd have we'd have more people flocking in if we showed more joy. I mean, if, you know, just to take what the uh, like you said, those order crowd would do, and uh, they got one extreme, we got another extreme. We mix the two and put it in the middle. Might have something here. Right, that's exactly how I feel. That, that that's another reason that things like um, the new endeavor on Census Fidelium, the rundown show, is is such a welcome. Endeavor because there's a lot of that, you know, joviality, that joy, that humor in that show from, you know, usually four people, four to five people who probably couldn't be more traditional as far as the teachings of the church are concerned, but yet are still just guys having a good time, right? You know what the number one criticism is <laughs> of that that program or any other oh. like the or other others like I've done with the uh, Twit, the uh, This Week in Tyranny. This Week in Tyranny, uh, yeah. Or uh, with Michael Graney too, a couple of times. This man, you guys laugh. How are you guys laughing at this? <laughs> That's number one criticism. <laughs> we have to. We have to. If you can't laugh, you cry. That, that's it. We'd be we'd be weeping on our knees all day if we weren't laughing. That's why I appreciate it. You know, that's why I appreciate when when, and when Father Ripperger says it a lot too. Like I love when Father Ripperger. I get a kind of I don't know perverse pleasure out of the times when Father Ripperger kind of comes down on the trads. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because sometimes they need that boot in the butt, you know? Yeah. Everybody. He's not, yeah, he's not afraid to do it. I, I mean, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I would consider myself obviously a, a, a very traditional Catholic as well. And uh, I, I don't want to fall into those pitfalls either. You know, I don't want to be unwelcoming to somebody that might be trying out the Latin mass for the first time. I want them to come back and come back and come back until it's their permanent home. Right, right. No, exactly. Yeah. yeah, but I think, you know, and you know this for sure, everything that's going on right now certainly does, it's conducive to being depressed and despondent. But we can't yeah, we can't yeah. let it make us our permanent mindset, right? Well, that's, that's, I, didn't even, I didn't mean for it to happen, but behind me is that print, if you see in the, in the shows, of the uh, – Altarpiece in England. It's the uh, what's the name of that oratory that's out there. Uh, they have this. They have a great Sacred Heart book. I have their I have a prayer book from them, and I can't think of it. Oh, the Confucian monks in England. Okay. And uh, it's the altarpiece that says joy. They were jer- joyfully walking, and you see them. It's the English Confucians getting gutted, hung, drawn, and quartered. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So, yeah, you think about you know everyone going through all everything going on. You're looking at these guys. They were that's the ones that St. Thomas More would see dancing going as a bride a bridegroom to their bride. Mm-hmm. And you look at it going and you see that guy's getting an axe to his stomach right now. That guy's getting <laughs> his heart pulled out. Uh, that guy's about to get hung. That guy's getting his arm cut off. Yeah, but and it says joy. They were joyfully walking. 
Yep. Uh, so you got to keep that joy. I mean, and plus, sure. you know, the, if we make it too boring, no one will watch. So it's got to be a little entertaining. <laughs> That's true. That's a good point. Very true. How did you How did you get uh, hooked up with Brother Martin and Ryan Grant, and how did that kind of come about? Was it Was it like kind of through Twitter? Because I know I, I get in touch with a lot of people. As much as I hate Twitter, it, it could be good for for reaching out. To, I mean, I reached out to you on Twitter, and thank you for coming on again. But was it Was it kind of through Twitter? Was it just kind of through um email? Like, how did you get hooked up with those with those gentlemen? Well, I- I've known Ryan for years. Uh, I remember stumbling on his Athanasius Contra Mundum site, which he mm-hmm. said he needs to start doing more podcasts on. So uh, people push him for it. Uh, he does a great job. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I remember writing him a note because it was right when he started doing the Bellarmine stuff, I think. And I was listening to a lot of his uh, podcasts anyways, you know, because after a while, I listened to all the sermons three or four times. And I'm looking for other things, kind of like Johnny Five from Bangers Not Included. <laughs> mm-hmm. So uh, I found his stuff, and then I reached out to him, say, "Hey, how can I help you? How can I help promote you?" Um, and, and so I was trying to promote his, especially his translations. And uh, he basically at one time asked me, "Why? Why are you doing this?" And I said, well, I understand, you know, how you're doing a good job, and no one's helping you. And in Trady Land, we got this idea of. Uh, we'll post things or put things together, but we won't tell anybody that we exist. So <laughs> nobody, nobody goes to anything because no one knows that even is around to know. And you got gold sitting here that no one. We're good at putting content together, but terrible in the marketing or sales or anything. And that's at least been doing sales most of my life. Uh, so I was basically trying to sell him and get him promoted. So he, and he and I listened to the same news guys. Uh, and we text all the time about things like that. It really, the, the basically we were this, that idea for a news thing has been around for over a year. We are we're fans of uh, Corbett and we'll watch Media Monarchy, uh, okay. two secular guys. Right. And uh, they do a thing every Thursday called the uh, New World Next Week. And I text them up, hey man, let's let's do a Catholic New World Next Week thing. They only but they only pick three stories, uh, two two or three stories, and they just chat about them. But I'm not a point guard in the sense of a host. He's not either. We're both color guys, if you want to think about radio. <laughs> mm-hmm. And uh, Mike, I, I knew him from uh, the Restoring the Faith things, and uh, Joseph t- stepped aside during the things. So it was just Mike doing it now. So I just randomly text him up, so, hey, what do you think about this idea? Because I was looking looking for you know a point guard host. And so he he thought it was a great idea. Ryan obviously was all in. And so Mike wanted to have a fourth and asked me about uh, Brother Martin. And I was like, oh, I have no idea who that is. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, oh, as long as they're not an idiot, sure. <laughs> we'll find out soon if they're stupid or not. So um, that's how that went on. <laughs> yeah, I think uh... – He's a good choice. Well, you got you and you got Ryan Grant. You got to be able to hang, you know, if you're gonna if you're gonna come on that show. And but yeah, <laughs> bro, brother Martin is also a brilliant guy. Yeah, but Ryan Grant. I um, I know I first came across his name because I found his translation of Bellarmine's Antichrist. Right. And I picked that up and I said, this is tremendous. I mean, this is what a great read this this is. And the translation was impeccable. Um, obviously he was a brilliant guy. And then I just recently got um. He did uh, St. Alphonsus's 
uh, moral theology manuals. He's working through them anyway, so he's got two volumes out as far as I'm aware. Yep. So I got those. Now, I don't understand them, <laughs> but I got them, you know. <laughs> but eventually, God gives me some greater wisdom. I'll work my way through them. But, um, yeah, so I've been a fan of Ryan's in that regard for a long time, so I was, I was happy to see him on the show. And then also, like I mentioned, he does a tremendous job kind of not mediating, but um, filling in some gaps in, in the episode about the vaccines with Father Ripperger, some questions that even I wouldn't have you know thought to ask he, he was on the spot with. Um, yeah, he's great. And Brother Martin is, is obviously a brilliant, brilliant young man. Also, I don't know how old he is, but um, I've had some interactions with him on Twitter, and he's been he's been tremendous. Yeah, it's a great show. It's a great show you've got going on there. I hope it continues to gain a popularity. But I, yeah, I, I mirror what you said. I'm I'm terrible at promotion. I don't think I don't think I think hardly no one is aware of what I'm trying to do. Who's <laughs> aware of my, my my website except for the people that come on and seem to have a good time? I mean, unless they're lying to me. But um, but I'm well, trying. I you must know. not be doing too good either because not too many people know about my, the website. I got a the die us site up and for a while now, and I get you know apologetics, uh, Bible study courses, Spanish, English, French, and Italian. Right. Uh, Almost done with the Spanish Bible. Uh, I get about three or four thousand visitors a day, but uh, that's you know most don't even know that. So I mean, I'm even promoting it and nobody knows. So don't 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 make you worry yourself. All right, (laughs) I'm trying, and and I I try to promote these good works wherever I can, also, and 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 cross promote these things. I'll definitely, you know, you're right. I should be talking about your website even more because obviously. I link from the YouTube channel with people all the time, but oh, the yeah. website is, is the website's also a tremendous resource, and yeah, I've, I've noticed a lot of the great work you're doing on there. Um, so, so let me ask you then, what do you feel is the state of our culture right now? Is it as bad as I tend to think it is? For example, I was talking to um, Rick Barry from uh, the Crusade Channel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, and, I, and I had a great interview with him, and I, I'm going to ask you basically the same question, because this is one that really sticks in my mind and also sticks in my craw, is the fact that Netflix continues to even exist after, among many other things, that cuties debacle, is that as much of an indictment of the state of our culture as I seem to think it is? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I mean, yeah, I mean, that's... I still can't believe that actually happened. <laughs> and then yeah, everybody talks that- about it. They like uh, went after uh, uh, pedophilia stuff from Hollywood and things like that. Basically, kicked off every platform, but somehow Cuties got on there. Mm-hmm. We're, we're in the dumpster, yeah. We're beyond the dumpster. Uh, uh, what was that line by? Uh, was it Billy Graham that said it about if God doesn't punish the society, it was a uh, Simon Gomorrah, an apology. Uh, it's a lot of truth to <laughs> that. Yeah, there really is. It's because it seems to me like, and tell me again if I'm, maybe I'm crazy, but I don't think so. I feel like, let's say, imagine 50 years ago, the New York Times, which I know what it is now, but let's say 50 years ago. Imagine if the New York Times had run a pro-pedophilia series of stories in their in their print edition. I would have to imagine that, like, the building might have been damn near burnt to the ground, never mind them increasing in circulation. And yet that's exactly what we see with Netflix, right? Oh, well, you go back to when the Catholic Church could actually move society, when it was in, like, in the 60s when you had the uh, uh, indecency group that uh, 
And he was in Philadelphia said, if you don't get rid of this movie, we'll shut down the bus system. Mm -hmm. Oh, well, done. (laughs) And now we got nothing. You got the commercials are pretty much softcore porn in some cases there. Or mm-hmm. indecent, beyond indecent. Makes you know, I mean, makes somebody back in the '80s blush seeing a commercial these days. Uh, yeah, it's we're beyond uh, the pits, which goes into society, garbage in, garbage out. I was like, not telling anybody to go look up George Carlin, but you know, he has this thing about politician video that talks about. I'm never, I never complain about politicians, and here's why. Blah blah blah. He goes, where do you think these people come from? He goes, <laughs> he goes they come from your homes, your schools, your churches, your this, this society. So if, if someone complains about a bad politician, which they most of them are bad, uh, well, they just come from us. We're, it's it's just a mirror of what society is. So if they're terrible, garbage in, garbage out. What do you expect? You're not right. going to get a saintly, you know, man coming out running for office. In a society that's corrupt and as garbage as it is now. Steve, at one time in America, Archbishop Fulton Sheen had the most popular show on television. It famously beat all the other shows um, that were airing on network TV at the time. Is a lot of what we're seeing in our culture, at least in part due to the fact that Catholics, especially traditional Catholics, have kind of retreated into their little cubby holes? And stopped engaging and creating with the arts and the culture and the popular media and kind of seeded all that ground to Satanists and secularists. Yeah, I mean, that was great during that time, but, you know, not everybody was converting. I mean, there was a thing about Billy Graham and, you know, he was friends with Sheen. And, and I'm not dogging Sheen on this, but did Sheen try to get Graham to convert? Did anybody try to get Billy Graham to convert? Everyone mm. praised him as St. Billy Graham when he died. Mm-hmm. Uh, did we, you know, were we as zealous? Great that we were. Great that he was on TV, and it was awesome that he had that that many things. But I know there was the uh, the rumor about the U.S. could be Catholic, and you know, it was in a decade or two decades. That was the rumor at that time before the council hit and everything went kaput. But I mean, even though that with that there was problems because you know you had the syllabus of errors and with. Pius Ninth and another one with Pius the Tenth, and you don't write syllabus theirs when everything's all sunshine and lollipops and everything's awesome. And there was problems going on then. There's problems every every generation. Um, right. I guess now it's just getting exposed worse because of 24/7 internet media. Um, we're not the as, as they said the heretics are zealous. They're using it greatly in all levels. Uh, mentioned I keep bringing up. Act locally, think locally. That I got from Brian McCallahan's show, and um, you think of Schwab and those guys—they're pumping money into local elections, local governments, left and right. What mm-hmm. are we doing? We're focused at DC, DC or bust. Well, the rest of the well, the enemies are going for every. Then lo- they understand that if they can get local, they could mess up your life and just tremendously. But we're looking at. DC or bust. Um, our focus is so way off and everything. Instead of trying to convert our town and trying to win more people, invite everyone in our area to go to, a, say, a traditional master area, there is no reason why every traditional parish 
should have at every festival a table inviting the neighborhood city to come to that parish. And then the priest setting up a Q&A talk once a week, you know, free pizza and Coke or whatever. And uh, Q&A on what the faith is every Wednesday. You know, the whole neighborhood around every parish should be going to that parish. Name me a parish like that. It probably isn't one. So, I mean, just looking at the local level, at that local parish level, we can't even convert the neighbors. Yeah. That's just stuff like that just frustrates me. We could do that and then kind of like how, um, what's his face? It was the communist uh, uh, converts. I just forgot his name. He's on uh, Keep the Faith that uh, dot org uh, from back in the day. He mentioned he goes how the you know they would get cells, five cells here, five cells, five people here, five people here, five people. Hamish Frazier, and they would grow oh, yeah. the area, grow in that way. Well, we could do that too, but we don't. We we complain on Twitter all the time, but do we pray more? Do we you know educate ourselves in the faith more? Do we, and we had, like, a, had uh, people come up to my table at the Eucharistic Congress here in Charlotte two years ago. They were complaining about Pope Francis. You know, they were upset, outrightly, at what was going on. But I, I told them, hey, well, have you ever heard of the Cadaver Synod? No. Have you ever heard of this phrase about Pope Leo X when he said, uh, isn't it great to profit from the superstitions of this religion? No, they never mm-hmm. heard of this. Nope. At, and after we got done talking, they're like, wow, okay, yeah, there was – there's." Been bad posts before. They act, people act like this is the first bad pub we've ever had. So it's just, but they could, you know, how many people went to a Trump rally? Like here, for example, it was the piece to the assumption that it was a Trump rally down the street, and what was it? How many buses were pulled in at, at the local, you know, it was Gastonia Airport. You try to buy it, it's not that big, but more people were at that airport that lived in the county. But there was twenty. There was probably a hundred people at mass for the assumption. Mm-hmm. And, and I just, I'm sitting there going, and, there, and people wonder why we're in this, in this mess. Yeah, I think that's that's all exactly right. I I've shared your frustrations. I 100% agree, and, and that's one of the reasons why I implore traditional Catholics to not be so insular. You got to reach out to people. I mean, there's there's that fine line between, you know, evangelization and indifferentism. And a lot of the Novus Ordo have gone into full-blown indifferentism. We need to take the reins and reach out and try to evangelize people properly and bring them into the church and set up things like you said. Have, you know, for lack of a better term, open houses. Come and see what we do here. How is this different? What are we about? Yeah, I, I've never seen that kind of thing. I mean, like I said, the, the occasional sparsely attended coffee and donuts after mass is the best that I've ever gotten. Yeah. Meanwhile, the, no- the Novus Ordo, they're doing puppet shows. I mean, unfortunately, sometimes they're doing puppet shows on the altar, but that's a different story. Yeah. But, um, you know, they're, they're, they're having carnivals. They're doing everything, and, and it's bringing people in. Yeah. For here, for example, I mean, depends on the dice, I guess. Um, yeah. I did hear back, what was it, about five years ago, Virginia, uh, the state of Virginia had like a 200 300% increase. Well, that's great. And, uh, I couldn't. I can't remember the exact number. They had a big boost here in here in Charlotte. I mean, there's a parish up in Boone, North Carolina, universe uh, where Appalachian State is. Uh, he almost has a daily. He almost has a mass every day. I think the only. I think Monday or Tuesday, maybe both. That he doesn't have one yet, and that went from one to almost every day of the week in less than a year. Wow. Uh, that's the one that if you people have heard about the 
parish that the tabernacle is stolen from, that's the parish. Oh, okay. I did hear about that. Yeah, yeah. that's it. He, and then he from that time there was one, and now he's five in a week. Uh, we go to a, we used to go down to St. Anne's, and there's and it, now there's a new one that started up an hour earlier. But so for kids, we go an hour earlier to uh, St. Thomas, and uh, they so we got two uh, diocese traditional masses within uh, 15 minutes of each other, maybe 20 minutes of each other, and both of them have at least one daily. And that parish isn't a tra- isn't a traveling parish. All those when there was probably 150 there last week, two, 150 200, and they were all from that parish. Uh, there was one lady that came in. She hasn't left. I don't think she still hasn't left. <laughs> I'm joking. She has gone home. But the choir is so good that she didn't know. She wasn't a big fan of the the old mass at start, but the the choir is so good she doesn't leave. And now she loves it. So if you're going to have a trad mass, why not have – you got to have everything. Everything else has got to be good around. If you have a trad mass and a terrible choir, well, that's not going to work. You're going to you're gonna turn people off because you got some, a howling dog up there, you got, you know, whatever, wailing away. Make sure that choir is good. Make sure you got the, you know, everything around. The, the exteriors are at least eye-appealing. You know, eye the, the servers know what they're doing. I remember seeing a server a couple of weeks ago. He didn't. Not that lifting the chasuble is the main thing, but he was lifting it while going down instead of going up. Going, hey, can we get the right stuff going at least? Uh, But no, yeah, you got to. It's not just that or having the priest doing it and being mad that father won't do it. You got to be able to, you know, say we're going to take care of the choir, we're going to take care of the altar boys, we're going to buy this, we're going to make sure this, and make it to the point that if you want father to learn that he has he can do the minimal one just all he has to do is say it and everything else is taken care of but no there's a the parish down the street from us just started a saturday morning one uh outside of monday and tuesday we can go to uh daily mass every day of the week from four different parishes and it's growing and it's you know the new the seminaries coming out are all fans of the channel and they're all saying the old right. way, old mass. So I mean, it's literally a war of attrition. It's waiting for these guys, the older guys, to literally die off, and you'll see, you know, a big change in waiting. This you see that right now with the hierarchy. Wait till all those guys start dying off, literally. And eventually, we're gonna have a trad pope in. We're gonna have trad bishops in. It's just we just gotta, you know, persevere through this. Yeah, by necessity, we have to. I mean, someone's gotta consecrate Russia, right? <sighs> Man, I was just telling somebody that the other day. Uh, uh, I go out, man. I thought about doing a video, just come out saying, "I got one thing to say today," and just yell out, "Consecrate Russia!" <laughs> Thank mm-hmm. you. And then, but then you look at it going, "Well, the Holy Father, unfortunately, is a big fan of the Fourth Industrial Revolution and friends with Schwab. It looks like, and uh, big he likes what Davos is doing. So, highly unlikely that the Pope, this one, will." Not consecrate Russia since nope. he's basically in on <laughs> what's going on. And I want to start uh, taking bets on who the next one is because I see it's Tagli. Uh, I you know I have no idea. I don't even want to. There was a book. Uh, who did it? The next what was it project? It was something about projected popes. Uh, I think uh, Edward Peters wrote it, and uh, 
Sophia, I think, is the press. They wrote me, asked me if I want to do a, a, a podcast, uh, show with him on it, interview him. And I go, yeah, no, thanks. <laughs> I, I care less about that topic. Mm-hmm. Uh, because, you know, in a, in a sense, it's we have no control over that. Right. Uh, we're going to get whoever we deserve. Uh, they might be trying to plan out Stalin 3.0 to try to come out with a new presidency and uh, or uh, papacy. And who knows, something might... Come like kind of like how Leo they wanted a, an old guy to die quick and ended up getting a great guy that lived for you know forty years. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it, it, I don't know. Who knows? Uh, but you know, among other things, this is kind of one of the, one of the issues that makes me crazy about the set of Vacantes, right? Because I feel like if they really had the courage of their convictions, I mean, I mean, they're all different. You know, I have I have a lot of respect for Father Jenkins of SSPB, for example. But I feel like if they really truly believed that Francis was an anti-pope or an invalid pope, they would all get together and elect a pope. That would at least make things interesting. But they don't do that. Outside of Pope Michael in Kansas? <laughs> oh, please. I'm friends with him on Facebook. <laughs> I would I would take Pope Michael any day. <laughs> any day just, if I ever got to talk to him, I just have one question to say. Where would you get the white one? Actually... But, you know, because most Catholic stores, they might carry a cassock or something just because, oh. which is terrible because people buy it for Halloween anymore. Yeah. How did you get the white one? <laughs> I think his mom made it. I mean, that's not a joke answer. I literally think his mom made it. I never thought that. I didn't even consider that one. But okay. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, they he, they all live together down there. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, but, Steve, if you're on Facebook, you can talk to him. I mean, he's happy. Yeah, good. <laughs> <laughs> I got I got it's it's hard enough to keep up with what's going on. I I basically use Twitter. Well, I use the only reason I have social media anyways is to post the links from the website and the videos. Yeah, same here. Yeah, same and, here. And uh, I'll use Twitter for the news feeds for the shows. I got out if I you see me retweeting anything, high chance I'm going to talk about it either on the rundown or or twit. <laughs> 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 my, I th- that's what I like. The twit. My brother loved it because I, you know, like I said, it was this week in baseball. This weekend baseball. I yeah. got tired of putting the the thing on this because it was twib. T W I B. So my brother wrote me the first text. Hey, I saw twit today. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> it's catchy. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's <laughs> one to remember. It's like so it's, you, you can't do this weekend in insanity. T W I I. Yeah. But no, we yeah, truth, definitely though. weird times. Uh, the election. Uh, they called it. We talked about the rundown before it all happened. I had, we pulled up Ryan and I both. We talked about the T I P and we put the link out. And I took I you know posted on Twitter a dozen times at least. And you're looking at the one plan where it talks about they've game plan. What would happen if uh, Trump doesn't want to, doesn't leave? They, they actually game simulated that. Yeah. And he's he's been on the record saying if he doesn't think it's legit, then he's not leaving, which it looks like he's going to hold hold the line. So it's, it's like, wow, these guys actually tell us what's going on. And we all went, how had, had this happened? It's almost nothing shocking anymore because it's, yeah, it's right there if you see it. It's so funny to me what what surprises people, both both in the secular realm and in the realm of the church, because everything that's going on in the church, it's like Our Lady must have told. If she told us once, you know, as your mom would say, "If I told you once, I told you a thousand times." Yeah. So she she's told us all this stuff, and um, 
and, and as far as the secular realm, I mean, yeah, the leftists are not shy anymore. I mean, how long has Soros been going on video and saying that he's going to do these exact thing that he's been doing? And Schwab the same. It's not like it's a secret. And people are like, oh, my goodness, I can't I can't believe what I'm seeing. Well, well, well yeah. open your eyes, dude. Open your eyes. Yeah, the same guy that wrote 1984 wrote another book called Open Conspiracy. It's, this is what it is. It's open. It's an open conspiracy. It's, they're telling you what's going to happen. Like, like the cyber attacks. I remember telling I was at work and I, at the end of the meeting, uh, I told him, some, now, y'all are going to think I'm nuts. Shocker. <laughs> what are we going to what do we got planned for these cyber attacks? And they're like, what are you talking about? And I said, I'll send you the links. I'll send you the video. I know you guys are thinking I'm off my rocker, but this is the this is literally him saying this. I'll show you the video with his own words. What do we got? And uh, and then what? A couple weeks ago, there's cyber attacks the entire week, yep. and now I saw their game planning uh, scenario for uh, uh, EMP in, gen- in January, and I told my wife, well, <laughs> yeah, those things usually go live, <laughs> so yep. uh, just keep an eye out. And uh, it's yeah, nothing should be shocking if you're paying attention, but you can't be watching the mainstream news. You got you. And I, um, our my, uh, my my wife's family would come over and they'll say, "Wow, how do you how you not you know losing your head over this?" I go, "Well, because I can handle the news I'm listening to from people I know I'm not that not lying to me, even though this is nuts and I've listened to stuff that will turn you white and because mm-hmm. they're scared beyond scared." But if I turn on the local news channel, I want to shoot the TV because it's not it's. I, I know they're just lying to you. Yep. <sighs> you ever seen any of those videos of um, newscasters from numerous different channels yeah, yeah. saying the same exact thing? Yep. 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 They're all following scripts. Yep. They're all fed what to say. All the major news corporations are owned by what? Now I think it's only down to three giant corporations. It used to be five, right? Yeah. Now I think they've consolidated. And now I'm pretty sure it's only three corporations that own all of mainstream media. And I'm, I know I'm crazy because I've, I've listened to every podcast The Great Reset put out. Now you got the World Economic Forum podcast, Great Reset podcast, World uh, World Against the Virus podcast, World on Fire podcast, which is on global warming. Yay. Mm. And uh, they tell you what their plans are. So I'm listening to one, uh, the last one for the time for the catch up and is on uh, – oh, I went over to World versus Virus, and they have one on – uh, how to stop the spread of misinformation, basically. It's mm-hmm. how, what you see now with the videos being taken out. This was done in November, last month, basically November, mid-November. And I sent it to Pam Ecker, who just did the, the, did the book on vaccines, and I go, hey, you're going to love this. And she wrote back, that's frightening. And they, they literally tell you how they're going to control the narrative and shut people down or shut people up from this. Mm-hmm. And people think it's it's like I said, like you said, it's it shocks me. Well, I've, I've seen people say it, and I'll go, yeah, that's page thirty-four. <laughs> <laughs> here, I got it right here. I me to photocopy it. Go, yeah, it's a shocker that came true. Uh, what else is gonna come? But yeah, it's just you, know, you stay informed. But you know, we need more calluses on our knees. Uh, mm-hmm. Need more saints. I mean, how you? And then fight locally if you want to. They're going to. I know I've been saying that I have a broken record, but if you look at the global way, trying to convert the entire world, you'll lose your mind because that ain't happening. And you can't do that by yourself. But you can 
work on your neighbor. You can work on your road. You can work on anybody you meet. Chris, this is Christmas time. Example. I have, you know, I, I carry in, a, in my pocket miraculous metals in a little 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 baggy thing. It's a coin bag. What do you? What happens during Christmas time? People give gifts. You know how easy it is to give someone a miraculous medal at this time of the year? It's like shooting fish in a barrel. They, mm-hmm. Everybody takes it. In, a, in a two months, nobody takes anything. Everybody takes something today. You just say, Merry Christmas. Can I give you a gift? And you give them a plus medal. Boom. I mean, who knows? They might not become, you know, you know the next St. Margaret Clitheroe or anything like that. But, hey, at least you <laughs> did something. Uh, but it goes back to... Most of us just like complaining and not doing anything. That's uncomfortable too. We're, we're, you know, we live in the states. We don't do that. That's not in our culture to be that way. It's we're not J Dubs or Mormons that go out and do that thing. You, when you do that, it gets out of your comfort zone. And humans like to be in their comfort zone, and that's hard because you might get denied or they might yell at you or anything. But oh, it's all fine. They yell at you. Again, it goes back to the poster behind me. The guy is getting an axe to his stomach. <laughs> the, mm-hmm. the lady behind the bio thing is not going to shoot you. <laughs> so, That's right. Yeah, Father Father Nix did a great short live stream video on Twitter. You might have seen it. Where he's literally in, I don't know if it was McDonald's or whatever. He's in the drive-thru line. And he pulls up, picks up his food. And the young lady at the window, he just says, this is a miraculous medal. Our lady promised graces to anyone who wears it will you take this and she says oh of course yeah great and he's like okay there you go god bless you and drives off easy as that yeah in the drive-thru line yep yeah we've been doing that for years yeah i mean there's even um websites online that sell what they call like evangelization evangelization kits it's like a bunch of plastic rosaries a bunch of miraculous medals Mm -hmm. some some ball chains Mm -hmm. all you got to do is just yeah, yeah, as you said, Saint just Paul's give it a theme store. They got the medals for fifteen bucks. You get a hundred of them. Yeah, that's right. Twelve bucks for the uh, for the uh, for the me- uh, the necklaces. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, piece of cake. What's the? I mean, like you said, what's the worst thing that could happen? Somebody could be like, I don't want that. All right, God bless. You know. Yeah. If that's you really it. want to go out, make a card, little business card with the local trad mass in it, with the mass times confessions, and then, hey, invite you to mass. Be be evangelical. Be like be like the Baptist. <laughs> Give them a car. Say, hey, come back, and then invite them to lunch afterwards. Buy them a That's beer. It. Come to mass. We'll go get a beer together. Yeah. Be people. Yeah. <laughs> that's how you can, and that's how you convert your neighborhood. That's how you convert your area. Then all of a sudden you got something. And what if somebody in that that parish that you ended up evangelizing is big into politics and also just dives headfirst in what the church teaches on? Social justice, political stuff, just war theory, etc. Reads people like Garcia Moreno, King St. Louis, etc., and then starts running for office. That would be tremendous. Can you imagine? Yeah, it's not. That's not crazy talk to think. Just there's the info out there. We got priests talking about that. All they gotta do is look. And uh, you know what? Send them to Census Fidelium on YouTube. Have them listen to some good sermons. I'm not just a client. I'm not just a president. I'm a client. <laughs> That's it. Well, Steve, this this has been a tremendous talk. I don't want to take up too much of your time, but I was very excited to have you on. As I, as I said, I certainly personally have greatly benefited from all the work that you have put in and are putting in at Census Fidelium. And I would also like to direct people to the website as well. And I'll link all this stuff 
in the description of this podcast. Is there anything else you'd like to, to plug to get out there before we wrap up? Uh, well, I got a Christmas calendar. Well, a Christmas calendar. What the heck am I thinking? <laughs> <laughs> I did make a St. Joseph calendar because, you know, the Holy Father came out with the St. Joseph year for 2021. And it was yeah. late enough that nobody of the big dogs could make one. So thanks to Zazzle, uh, I put together <laughs> one real quick in two days, and so there's one there if you got if anybody wants it. I mean, it it's not anything to make me uh, retire. I think I get a dollar for every one that they make, but uh, mainly it's just uh, hey, it's good holy images. Uh, no offense to the religious orders, but I'd rather look at good image paintings than what the seminarians are doing. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> Uh, but yeah that's about it and yeah just uh keep uh spreading the word and uh uh don't give up you're uh more important than you realize as the entrance of my videos come out it's gonna get ugly it's gonna get worse uh thank god for it right yeah we have to remember that that uh he'll work everything to the good in his good time well steve thank you so much I, i hope that you'll come back on in the future too this has been a lot of fun oh yeah anytime Great. All right. God bless you. Thank you. And everyone out there, pray your rosary. Listen to Census Fidelium.